0: On this edition of the Off the Bench Podcast, we chop it up with Editor-in-Chief of The Athletic here in Washington, D.C., the Hall of Famer and all-around good dude, David Aldridge. Don't look now, Wizards fans, but Washington not only sits currently atop the Eastern Conference, but is only a game out of first-place Golden State for best record in the league. That's right, the entire league. DA and I address how this fast start has a lot to do with depth of roster, sharing the basketball offensively and defensively making it tough for the opposition and how the last coach to be hired this past offseason has the entire league now taking notice but before we get to the interview just a reminder make sure you download and subscribe to the off the bench podcast wherever you get your podcasts it's time now to hear from the hall of famer david aldrich here on the latest edition of the off the bench podcast Capital One Arena is partnering with Clear to help Wizards fans get into home games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today by selecting Wizards. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear pod to confirm you are you and then walk right in. Download the free Clear app today to get started at the time of this recording for the podcast the wizards yes the washington wizards <laughs> are not only first in the east but my friend they're tied for the second best record in the association we'll get into the, <laughs> the we'll get into weeds of why but the overarching yeah. thought of this team after 12 games from your perspective is what
1: um i would say they have taken a quantum leap up in terms of understanding what winning basketball is about. Um, and some of that, I mean, and the good thing is that it's not any one person. It was, they brought a bunch of guys in who had really good habits. You know, again, you'd start with KCP. To me, you start with KCP and Kuzma, cause they got pelts, they got rings. right. They they played with LeBron. They know what it takes to win a championship. They won a championship. They were key pieces to that team winning a championship. Um, you add Dinwiddie, who was on some very, you know, not the not the not the Nets teams now with KD and and you know Harden, but those were really good Brooklyn teams. They were. We all marveled at how good they were because we thought, well, they didn't got no players. How are they so good? because they had players like Spencer we you know, that really knew what they were doing, you know. You add Montrez, who, who was on good teams with the Clippers, you know, that were in the playoffs, won the sixth man of the year award. And I have forgotten, Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. I've forgotten Montrez, Montrez won a chip in college. I've forgotten that. I didn't realize yeah. he, got some ring, he got a ring at Louisville, you know. So another guy that knows how to win, knows what winning is about at the highest level. So you bring those guys and then you bring in West Junior, the coach who coached, you know, <laughs> we know how good those Denver teams were, have been the last few years, how good defensively they've been. And he had a key part in that along with Mike Malone, of course. But So they've brought in a bunch of guys who are like, no, no, this is how you win in this league. You have to do these things to win in this league. And they have taken the load off of Brad. And I think you see that I think Brad understands now. Oh, wow. Word. I don't have to score 30. I don't have to make every decision Mm -hmm. and we still winning, you know? So you hope that that provides a roadmap for him to to say, okay, this is, I can see this working. This could be possible, you know? Um, And you, and you also add young guys like Gafford with a full season, full training camp here, um, you know, uh holiday's been good he hadn't been great but he's been good in his minutes I think he's done what they thought he could do which is be a pest defensively made some shots actually even and um you know Kispert's a rookie but Kispert's been on the floor and Denny Avdi has been is much better look he's better bottom line he's better than he was last year um and so that's a lot of improvement you know to this team that Again, all in service of winning, not in service of stats, not in service of let me make this all star team or I got to make all NBA. It's about winning basketball games, and that's what they've been doing.
0: David, I have a theory. Yeah, and I said this on our most recent post game show. Mm -hmm. And both of the guys on the set looked at me, and it was like smoke came out of their ears because they were like, Oh, (laughs) everything that you said. It's true. I think a lot of these guys came from the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. Head coach, the guys that won chips, the sixth man of the year. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, the Western Conference was known as varsity. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Every night, you got teams really best shots. So when they play a team like Orlando the other night, Western Conference teams knew how to go into their building and just beat up JV real quick and get out of there the Wizards game against Orlando reminded me of what the Western Conference teams would normally do which is take care of their business and then they go home the reason why I say that is Kuz and KCP I think won the hardest NBA championship of all it's just I just feel like you had to be so mentally tough in the bubble yeah. to do that yeah. under that circumstance. So a regular season game in Orlando on a Saturday night is no big deal to them. Um, yes. whatever it takes to win. Right. I want to get your thoughts on that. The fact that West coached out West and a lot yeah. of these guys besides Spence were Western Conference players and have won at a high level out West. Does, does that have any merit to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, some, sure. I mean, but the important thing is that they won. You know, you could have a bunch of Western Conference players that ain't won nothing. <laughs> you know like right. you know what I'm saying? Like, you could have brought guys in from Oklahoma City or, you know, places like that that ain't won nothing in a, in a few years. Um, these guys all won. These guys won at high levels. They competed at high levels also. And that's very important. So even though the Nuggets didn't win a championship, they got to a Western Conference final. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they were in a Western Conference final. Um, They slugged their way through a series with Utah and did all those things and had those big moments. So to your point, they're not going to trick bag a game in Orlando without the without their best player Mm -hmm. and just say, oh, we just show. No, they know. Okay, this is what we have to do. And again, we all know how this would have played out in years past. Maybe the Wizards still would have won the game against Orlando. But it would have been a three-point game with two minutes left and one possession, and oh, we got to get a stop on Jalen Suggs. What are they gonna do? And no, they just said that we're better than them. Blow them out. Let's get get this done and go home. You know, and that's what good teams do. That's what professional teams do. They take care of business. They don't mess around. What did Pusey say? You don't you don't play with your food. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Don't play exactly. with your food. Listen, your mama worked or your daddy worked all day. When they come home and they, they've been yelled at all day, the last thing they want to do is tell you to eat your food. You know how much right. that food costs? Right. right. So it's kind of like, you know, when I think of the Wizards, I think about that. That's just such a great analogy. It's like, yeah. you know how much this food costs? Right. You know how much we paying you? Get your out there and go win this game in Orlando. Don't make me happen. Go be Mo about, Come on now. Yeah. You know We're saying? talking to the Hall of Famer, uh, David Aldridge from The Athletic, here on the Off the Bench podcast. Uh, um, you said something earlier that got me thinking about Brad not having to do it all. Yeah. And this team has already won twice without him, uh, one for injury, obviously one for bereavement. Uh, we send that condolences to his family. Uh What do you think his mindset is? Because, you know, before the season started and you and I have heard this the last couple of years with him, D.A., he says it's all about winning. Well, it's a small sample size, but they're doing a lot of that and without him having to carry the offensive load.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I would never presume to know what anybody's thinking at any given point in time, much less Brad. I would think. I mean, I, I will say this, you know, Brad very well, better than I do, but I know Brad a little bit. I think Brad's a pretty honest guy, right? I mean, so if he says, Hey, I want to win, I'm at the point in my career where I want to win and you see, here you go. <laughs> this is how you win. <laughs> we got guys, we've put guys around you that are helping you win and you don't have to You don't have to extend expend all max energy all the time to win games. In fact, we can win games without you. And maybe those two games they've won without him might be more important than any other of the games that they won with him. Totally agree. You know know what I mean? So I would think this is, you know, I would think this is a good sign for the Wizards to me. Um, Because unless – Again, I don't think Brad is like a guy that's, it it seems clear to me the last two years would make it obvious to me that this is not a guy that's looking to be wooed and whined and dined. And it's like, you know, I'm gonna play these two teams against each other and I'm gonna let everybody know through, I'm gonna leak it out through my agent or whoever that I want out and all that sort of thing. He hasn't done any of that, none of that. In fact, people get angry with him because he doesn't do that. You know, so to me, it's like, all right, well, and let's not get it twisted. There's a big bag of money waiting for Brad next year.
0: Hey, <laughs> well, D.A., a chunk of change.
1: There's a chunk of change. There's some big money. <laughs> There's a big bag waiting for Brad next year if he sticks around. So if they're winning, and again, you mentioned it, small sample size. We ain't even got a quarter of the way through the season yet. But if it if it continues this way, if they somehow in a miracle manage to win 50 games, which this <laughs> franchise is genetically incapable of doing. By the like way, every, they're on
0: pace, they're on pace for 56. Like so. like like, like
1: <laughs> every <laughs> other franchise in this league does regularly, but this
0: franchise just can't
1: for some reason. <laughs> if they did that and they got to the, you know, they get two or three rounds in, they get to a conference semi or a conference finals. I mean, I would I would think that would be convincing, and you know, they certainly, if they play at this level, continue to play at this level, have enough uh, depth and enough surplus that they could package a couple of guys if they wanted to, if they thought they needed another higher level, you know, top fifteen level player. I would think they might have a chance to go get one.
0: Now we'll see. This and this is really the difference between this Wizards team and maybe Wizards teams in the past, off of what you just said just now. Tommy and his staff have um, a surplus of options. Yes. And what I mean by that is because of what they've been able to draft, what they've been able to develop, they now can get on the phone with other teams and be like, look, man, we got a nice package of players. We got some picks. We got some whatever you want to do to make a deal um it's so far down the road but it is something that i did want to highlight with you da is not only are they winning on the court but i think they're winning in the front office right now with the way that they've been able to put a lot of balance around brad hence the reason again two and oh since he you know when he's not out there we've gone this far during this podcast and we haven't talked about the elephant in the room and the elephant in the room is defense Oh, sure, sure. David, the way they are guarding collectively is music to my ears and good food for the soul. (gasps) What specifically defensively do you like about this group?
1: There's no more chaos. There's no more... There's no more making, you know, just simple mistakes about how you're going to cover something, how you're going to play something. You've seen it for how long, even when they were good, like even the last time they played defense to me this way was when Randy Whitman was coaching the team. Absolutely. And, and, and it was wit, but it was also, you had, I will never forget how good Trevor Ariza was defensively. And Nene was good defensively. And Gortat was good defensively. Because when you're middle, when when the paint is tight and you got a wing defender that knows what the hell he's doing, it just simplifies everything. You're not chasing. Oh, we made a bad rotation. Now we got to go. Oh, the corner. Now the ball's moving. Now we're ping-ponging and chasing. And they how many wide open threes have they given up a game in the last five years? 15 a game, 20? You know, sometimes the team makes them, sometimes they miss, but they're still wide, it's still still bad defense. When you watch KCP defensively, whether, it's, whether he's involved in the action or he's on the weak side, just knowing what's going to happen and being able to anticipate where the ball's going to go and acting upon that and either taking an option away from the offense or disrupting the play with a deflection or a steal just makes all the defense in the world all the difference in the world kuzma is not a lockdown defender but he's long and he's smart and he knows how to guard people so that if they do shoot it's a contested shot over a 610 guy you know what i mean gafford and gafford tries to block everything god bless <laughs> you know sometimes he <laughs> succeeds sometimes he doesn't but at least there's a presence there where a guy coming into the paint goes oh Snap! I gotta, I gotta get this up <laughs> over this guy, or I gotta fake. I gotta do something. I gotta stop doing what I was doing, which was going straight line drive to the front of the rim, which happened for decades in this on this team. You know what I mean? And Dinwiddie, just like Kuzma, not the, not the greatest defensive player in the world by any stretch, but he's six six, he's long, he's smart, he moves his feet, so you're not gonna just blow by him and and break down the defense. So you just look at the numbers. Like you said, it's a collective thing. It's not any one individual, but so far, and numbers fluctuate, but defensive rating is the gold standard. Tells you if you BSing or if you're real about defense, they are fourth in the league in defensive rate. Fourth. You know, they were, I don't know what they were last year, 20th, 18th, something like that. Um, Now they had a great second half, but they weren't fourth, (laughs) you know. Right. Um, they're seventh in defensive rebound percentage, which means they're not giving up offensive rebounds. They are, I think, second in fast break points allowed, which means they're getting back. They're not doing what we've seen them do a lot, which is watch a shot and <laughs> not bother to get back. When somebody guard takes the shot, the other guard just standing there watching and somebody goes past him and there's a two on one the other way. So th- at all levels of defense, so far, so far, they are playing at a very high level. You
0: know, I get the, I get the sense of accountability with Wes Unsell, mm-hmm. and it didn't take long for me to see him have to check the team. Yeah, <laughs> and but it's how he checks the team. Right. You know, in, in 2021, David, you know, we, we're some old heads. You can't go at players like you used to. You no, have to. No,
1: that's right, you have that's to right.
0: it's, it's almost, I don't want to, negotiation sounds bad, but it has to be in a way where it's not combative. Yeah. And you can't love on them too much. Right. There has to be this balance. And I think Wes has this balance presence where yeah. if he has to, he will. Yeah. And I've been told by multiple people, he's not afraid to jump on the best player to the 14th player in film study and not and is willing to correct yeah Uh, but but in a way where it's i understand what you need from me coach i'm going to go out and try to implement it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in all your years of covering the nba how important is it now for coaches in this league to have that type of relationship with the entire team not superstars and then talk crazy to the rookies but have a working communication
1: well yeah well his father the late west senior used to always say you treat you can't treat what did he say you you treat everybody equally but you don't treat them the same is what he used to say right (laughs) which is you understand that the star player gets a little bit of leeway but the other players have to feel like he's being fair the coach is being fair to me Even when when he gets on me, it's fair, right? To your point. So that's where I think Junior seems to, at least at the beginning of his coaching career, have a good feel for, for that, for how to correct, how to coach these guys in a way that feels fair to everyone, right? And so, so far, but again, I think it also helps when you have vets around that understand that. They get it that aren't, you know, tripping, if the coach comes at coos or comes at KCP, they're not like, why are you, you didn't talk to Brad like that? Why are you talking to me? It's not like that. They, there's a self-policing aspect to this locker room, yeah. at least so far, that I think is very important to a first-time young head coach. Um, but Wes, to me, is like, like he's not, like Mike Malone is, is tough, you know, he's, he's tough. I think people, I don't think people dislike playing for him because he knows what he's doing. Like, like Tom Thibodeau knows what he's doing. It's tough to get that, that feedback like that all the time. I think West may be more in the kind of Eric Spolster le- line of coaching. Yeah. Where Spo, you never think, you never see Spo sweat. You know what I mean? Like, like at least on outwardly, you know, that he's coaching his team because they play smart and they're intelligent and all those things. But it never comes out that way when you see him on the court. You know, he seems like he's in control of his emotions and he's, and he's very, very cerebral about how to approach the game. And I think Wes has some of those qualities um, and, and time will tell, obviously. But I, I think it, it's very encouraging um, to see how this team responds to him and has responded to him so far.
0: I'm curious, as a longtime Washingtonian, for you personally, that's covered this league so long, what's it like to see him roaming the sidelines in D.C.? It's so, you know, I've asked, you know, Bobby D. I recently talked to him about it. And he Mm -hmm. said, man, you know, I I shed a little bit of a tear because I remember this little kid walking into the locker room. But for you, that's, you know, you covered his debt. What's it like? Have you ever just had a kind of a moment where you're at the arena and you go, Wes Unsell Jr. is coaching the Wizards?
1: Oh, all the time I have it. <laughs> I have one all the time because I covered his dad, and his dad was a very important person to me in my yeah. career. It was, the, you know, that was the first, the first two people I I covered as the beat writer were John Thompson and Wes Unseld Sr.
0: <laughs> Giants, questions. literally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, you your career can go in so many directions. And it can be broken, you can be broken as a young writer. If you're dealing with people who aren't honest, who aren't trustworthy, who aren't fair, who aren't um, professional, you know, that can really jade you and make you not wanna do this. And I was blessed to have those two guys be the first two coaches that I covered on a daily basis because they were all of those things. They were fair, they were honest, they were available. They treated me like a professional, even though I was 22, 23 years old when I was covering them. I wasn't any older than John Thompson seniors. I was the same age as his seniors. You know what I mean? And he treated me with respect and West treated me with respect. And that made all the difference to me as a young reporter, because I didn't know anything. And they, and they, they 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 answered my stupid questions, you know, with grace and aplomb. And, and Wes, as I've said and written many times, Wes Sr. is the most honest person I've ever covered in 30 years of doing this, 35 years now of doing this. He never lied to me, not once, ever, about anything or anyone. Um, And I remember going to Bowie State and seeing little Wes, and he was probably eight or nine then. And seeing him, and he was very polite and very quiet as he is now, very polite and very quiet. Um, but yeah, sure. I remember him being around Bowie State and at, at practice. And so sure. And Wes was, and it was a lot more intimate in those days, Chris, because there wasn't nearly as much media, and right. no social media. So it was just me and Charlie Slows, <laughs> the radio guy, <laughs> and who now is the play by play guy for the Nats. It was me and Charlie Slows on the road. That was it. That was the media contingent covering the bullets. <laughs> that was it. And so you would have lunch, you'd have dinner sometimes with Wes, or you'd certainly be at the bar post game with him and, and with the whole coaching staff. And they would teach you, they taught me about the NBA. You just if you were smart, you just shut up and listen. And they taught you about the league. And to have that kind of grounding was just I can't even describe how valuable that was how important it was to me. And so to see his son take that job, sure, man, it's all kinds of emotions that that well up in you because you know it was it was an important time in my career. And to see him come here, understand what that name means to this franchise, and to see yeah. him do well off the off the jump, man. It's
0: something. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, you know, this is a this is my fifteenth year covering this team. But I remember when I first got here, uh, like you said, you know, I just was around a lot of good people that kind of just yeah. helped me. You know, I'm, you know, I was I was more of a grizzled vet had already been in the business ten years, covered some big time stuff before coming to DC. So I was kind of jaded if you will you know how it is David when you're sure. a little older and you know everything you're yeah. skeptical but uh, like you said there was just some good people and I just remembered him on Eddie's staff and I didn't remember this until I talked to Eddie Jordan after Wes got the job I was just you know calling people and being like yeah. hey what do you remember about Junior and he was like him Michael O'corn uh, all of them would call him genius they said his his advanced scout was meticulous it was yeah. amazing uh and that was offense yeah and you know the narrative when he got here was like oh he's he was a good defensive coach in denver and he helped develop Jokic and do all this other stuff i was like no 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 no, he could do all of it yeah how soon we forget and i just thought it was a lazy narrative and i, I wanted to get your take on this about well his his, his name helped him well sure but if you did your homework and saw what he's done the last 10 years, yeah, it was kind of a no-brainer. You you and I had talked offline. I told you who who should get the job. I was like, Wes, like, I don't mm-hmm. what's taking so long? Let's go, right? But right. I want to get your take on just kind of his 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 roadmap coming back home.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, if you just look at the resume, right? He's done everything to your point coached in a bunch of different places, um, had different responsibilities, and, and handled all of them well. Look, Mike Malone, you look, but well, Mike Malone went above and beyond and said, look, this dude's ready to be a head coach. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't understand how good this guy is. And, you know, I did the same thing you did, talk to people that had been with him around him and Guys like Aaron Aflalo down in Orlando, when he was down in Orlando, they just swore by him. So the guy, even at a young age, he was, he was really sharp. You know, this guy's really sharp. Look, the dude went to Johns Hopkins. Come on now. (laughs) Come on now. They don't just let people come into Johns Hopkins.
0: Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So you, you just know, don't apply online and you know, right. pay the fifteen dollar admission fee. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they don't have
1: an eighty five percent acceptance rate at Johns Hopkins. Right. so <laughs> so, uh, so you know, yeah, I mean, this is this is this guy knows what he's doing and can communicate it. I think that's the important yeah. thing, and I think the most important thing, and I've found this in my own in my own dealings is over the years with people is that if you You have to be who you are. You know this, like you can't pretend to be who you, I can't be, I can't pretend to be Stephen A. Smith. It will not work for me. You know, I will be exposed as a phony if I do that. And so I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's very interesting to me that Wes is, Wes Jr. is being Wes Jr. the way he is and they're listening. You know what I mean? And they're listening and they're not saying, Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't have this experience. So you didn't have a hard scrabble life coming up. All the, all the things you could say to a guy that has Wes's history and pedigree, they listen, (laughs) you know? So it's coming. So he has the respect of this team. And that is to me very encouraging going forward because, players do tend to come and go in this league. It's just the reality of the league. So the roster they have now is not the roster they'll have in two years. But if, if he has established himself already as a guy whose X's and O's, you cannot question that that's, that's a really good sign for this franchise.
0: It's interesting. i talked to a couple of former wizards players about, and I'm like, could you play for him? 100%. They're all like, yeah I'm like why because one guy told me no preservatives no uh added ingredient right just seems like a real dude and you know how it is in this league guys can smell that stuff if you you know what I mean they can smell it and absolutely just seems to have a way of kind of working the room is not fair but he can get everybody's attention I want to ask you something real quick about your subscribers at The Athletic. Yeah. You know, you, everybody's got comment sections. Sure. So early sample size, what are your, your listener, your viewers, your readers, what are they all saying about this year's Wizards City?
1: Well, so far, I mean, it's been obviously a mix of shock and delight, right? <laughs> I yeah. can't believe they're playing this well. You know, and people... It's no secret. When teams are winning, people are happy. <laughs> you know, people are happier. Um, and they, they, the comments are happy. Better. <laughs> yeah. It's not like when your team's, when they're going 25 and 57 and, you know, fire everybody, you know, fire the owner, fire this, that, and third. You know, so that's not, that's not part of the narrative so far this year. People are very happy with this team. They're very happy, uh, you know, with, with the additions that have been made a lot of praise and and rightly so for Tommy Shepard and the job that that he's done and that his staff did um, in in putting this roster together and and building this thing within two years around Brad, you know, a, a real team, a real group of players that he can win with um, and, and really putting, like you said, with, with the players you talked to, could I play for Wes Unsell Jr. Absolutely. This pays dividends down the road. You are yep. laying the groundwork. Now you are setting the foundation for whether it's two years from now, three years from now, if this thing continues to go in this direction, a free agent of consequence saying, you know, the Wizards would seem like they know what they're doing. They got, they, they put a good team around Brad. I mean, look at these wizards, man, I might come here in two years, I might come here. And that sets the stage for it. So when you lay the foundation based on real things that are tangible, that players respect, what's the organization's philosophy? What are they doing? Whether it's analytical or whatever, is the infrastructure in place? What's their practice facility look like? How do they take care of the guys on the road? Do they take care of their families? All of these things seem to be falling into place at a higher level. And I think that if you continue on this path, suddenly people will say, I'm going to, I want to go play in Washington first, not in case, in case I don't get to play in New York or LA or Golden State. No, I wouldn't go to Washington. And that's the payoff down the road.
0: Great stuff, my friend. I appreciate your time as always. I, I can't leave um, without saying this to you, because of what's about to happen this Sunday. Keep pounding.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, we loud talking now.
0: You know we're talking about
1: it. You know we hey man. You were, I didn't hear this. I didn't hear nothing when Sam Darnold was taking his name.
0: <laughs> Although when they started, when they started 2-0, 3-0. You my dad and I were like, Uh-oh. uh oh. He's not seeing ghosts anymore,
1: I'm and then doggone it, David. He starts seeing Sunday ghosts to see, to see what happens. I, I can't, I can't co-sign on Washington coming in there and dominating or nothing. But that was certainly encouraging beating Tampa Bay. So yeah, uh,
0: obviously our our prayers go out to uh, our one Dematha young boy Chase Young. That was tough. Yeah. I just saw it. I was in Philly yesterday and just saw it this morning. I wish yeah. him well. Um, thank true. you, brother, for your time. I appreciate it. Anytime, Have a great week. Man.